Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host, Josh Newberg. I've got Chris Nee and Zach Blostein here with me. Spring break is over. The players, the coaches, they're back on campus in Tallahassee, and they will be back to practice on Tuesday. We record this on Monday afternoon. Um, Florida State held four practices before taking off for spring break. They'll get back to it tomorrow on Tuesday, and then they will uh, have two consecutive Saturday scrimmages followed by a Saturday, April 9th spring game. Um, and when the coaches come back to campus, that also means recruits do too. We just wrapped up another big recruiting weekend at FSU, which is why I have Chris and Zach here. They were in the middle of it all this weekend. Chris, how you doing? Good. All right, Zach. Uh, Zach, you just finished up spring break as well. So it's Monday. Would you say that you're feeling refreshed or are you in recovery? Man, I, I'm in recovery. I mean, since I've got <laughs> to Tallahassee, it's, it hasn't been chill, um, you know, just from between the visitors and just dealing with getting back into school. It's, I'm definitely in recovery. Okay. Well, we'll try to be easy on you this podcast, but you got a ton of information that we're looking for. So we're going to, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit. So get ready. Uh, like I said today, I think we're going to try to focus on recruiting. There's been a lot of, there's been a lot of big visit weekends. There's been a lot of new offers. There's been a lot of new developments and changes to the board. So I think today we're just going to break it all down, try to digest what has happened over the last couple weekends and, uh, figure it out. But first I want to, uh, I want to update the Winston Wright situation. He's Florida state transfer wide receiver that just got in, um, we, we did talk about this, didn't we, Chris, on the podcast? I don't have to, like, break down the whole scenario, right? I can't remember. I, I remember doing the pod with Sinone, wrapping up the four days of spring practice, and then, like, I don't remember anything else before I got back from Amelia Island from Adina Beach. So, like, yeah, we well, may have, but it's we may hard. have, and the people probably don't even remember it. So, long story short, it was in a very unfortunate instant incident for Winston Wright. He was in a car accident back in his hometown of Savannah. He was not the driver. Uh, the car that he was in was not at fault. Uh, they were just going down the road. Somebody turned in front of him, and it was just an unfortunate incident. Winston Wright is recovering. I'm told he's doing better, but I do believe that he has a serious injury to his leg. I was told that it's perhaps a broken leg. Of course, none of this is confirmed yet, and Florida State has not commented. We expect Mike Norvell to do so on Tuesday. But from what I'm hearing, um, Winston Wright, still back in his hometown of Savannah where the incident occurred, is as of yesterday, as of Sunday, was still weighing some options. I'm told he is expected to have surgery, but he has not had surgery yet on his leg. Um, when I get more details, I will let you know as of right now. I haven't seen any other reports. Chris, have you seen any other reports in, in terms of Winston Wright's? No, I, I can't say I have, and I don't think he's commented on it in any uh, social media fashion. 
Right. So I spoke to a source close to Winston Wright yesterday that told me he had not had surgery yet and was weighing some options, but I didn't take that is he was weighing options to to have surgery or not have surgery. I think it was just some, some, some options. So, um, you know, prayers to him. Hopefully we get more word from Mike Norvell on Tuesday, but as of now, you know, he's out indefinitely. I don't really have a timetable on, on when he's going to return until we learn more. All right. <clears throat> Let's get into recruiting this weekend. You guys were on the bench. Tell me a little bit about what was going on this weekend at Florida State. Well, they got back at it on Friday. Uh, the, the staff as a whole took a little bit of a spring break to a degree with players being gone. Um, so they had a super busy Saturday on what the 12th. So about a week ago before spring break, about 90 kids or so came in. It was unbelievable. It was it functioned well, but it was a boatload of kids. So fast forward to this weekend, Friday, we get a little bit of a trickle in. We get a really good 2025 defensive lineman in there, Elijah Griffin, for example. or uh, And then uh, a couple other guys, Desmond Ricks, five-star 2024 DB rolls in. Saturday, again, is another 40 to 50, roughly, kids that rolled through the door. I'd say in those two bunches of the 90 and the 50 over to two Saturdays, there was roughly three dozen kids in those two groups that are guys that I would say FSU definitely is interested in and wants. And were these, Sunday, we were these a, bus tours? Uh, it's a mix. So, like, for example, on Sunday, we have Hustle Inc., which is a Georgia-based seven-on-seven group. Tony Ballard, QB coach, is a guy that operates it and runs it. They brought in, I think it was roughly three dozen kids on a really nice limo bus. Um, they traveled in fashion. They went to FSU, <laughs> FAM, uh, Florida. Did they go to UCF, Zach? I, I think yeah, they went yeah. like four or five total. Yeah. And FSU was a final stop. So, like, that one included a guy like Caleb Downs, a five-star there was a group on Saturday, football hotbed came with a young man named Brandon from down in the Miami area. It was not just Miami kids. Uh, for example, Dante Moore, five-star quarterback from Detroit, Michigan area. He was part of that. So I think people need to understand that while there's a great amount of kids rolling through, a kid like Dante Moore rolled through because he was part of a group. A kid like Caleb Downs rolled through because they were mm -hmm. part of a group. Both of those guys in their exit interviews made it clear for differing reasons that them and FSU is just not really in play. Caleb Downs, you know, there's other schools that he's higher on, schools that he likes a lot. Dante Moore understands Chris Parson uh, situation with FSU. He's committed. That's their guy. Dante Moore, truthfully for FSU, might be unattainable. So why even – it's not worth the bite just, you know, to dive into that subject. But on those buses, there's a boatload of other kids that are FSU attainable or targets. Zion Reagan's wide receiver that Zach caught up with was with the Hustle Inc. group really talented, speedy receiver. They offered two guys in the hustling group, DeAndre Buchanan, wide receiver from Atlanta, Georgia Carver, and uh, Bryce, uh, I think it's Thompson, I want to say, the safety, mm -hmm. from the, the safety from the Atlanta area. So yeah. it, it's a mixture. And then there's obviously a lot of kids that come with themselves and their parents or some kids that come with a few teammates. Two weekends ago, there were a lot of Georgia kids that came up together, but they weren't necessarily with a seven-on-seven group. So it's kind of a mix. And I, I would describe those visits as a spring fling. It's about getting these kids in, giving them an intro to FSU, allowing them to get FaceTime with a position coach, someone who's recruiting them, Mike Norvell, so be it, get on the field, experience a little bit of that, do a photo shoot, you know, dip their beak into the water and get a taste of what FSU is. But it doesn't show them everything because you want to get a lot of these kids back up for an additional visit if they're kids that are truly targets for you. So that's sort of what they've been doing here. I think the other idea is get them in, get verified measurements. The gold standard in recruiting is knowing if a six, six foot three kid is actually six foot three or if he's five foot 11 mm -hmm. and a half. 
So I think that's a pretty important thing that they're doing currently. And I think they're going to reevaluate their board to some degree after this stretch before the evaluation period kicks off with what they've learned from these kids stepping on campus. There's clear cut targets they want, but there's a lot of guys they like that they're evaluating. And I think it's important for those guys to step on campus for both parties to recruit and for FSU. Yeah. I think we've seen a good balance in that, right? We've seen a good balance of top targets coming to campus, but also guys who, Hey, maybe we'll see their name like six or seven months down the road. Yeah. And there's also a good mix of younger guys, a lot of 24s, mm-hmm. some 25s, even some 26 Juju Lewis quarterback, part of the hustle Inc. group. He's a really talented 2026 quarterback. It's important with quarterback recruiting because it's such an accelerated position to be kind of in the door before a kid even really maybe plays a high school snap. So getting a kid of his caliber, he's a big time Georgia 2026 uh, Colin Hurley's another young quarterback that stepped on campus here in the last few weeks. He came with a 24K group before they left for LSU from FSU. Mm-hmm. He's another young guy that they love. It's important for them to get those young guys in as well. Yeah. Zach, you and I, you know, we let it be known that there was some targets off the board early that that never even gave FSU a shot in the 2023 cycle. But that's not to say that the staff isn't doing a good job. They've gotten a ton of guys on campus and uh, it's some really positions of need. Who's some, some names that have stood out to you that have come through Tallahassee in the last three weeks or so. Yeah. I think uh, one that stands out to me a lot is four star defensive lineman out of Miami central Ruben Bain. Uh, He's been Mm -hmm. on campus two times uh, in the month of March. He was there for that first visit weekend, the huge one on March 5th. And then he came back with the football hotbed tour that Chris was mentioning, uh, and FSU is one of the stops. So he's been on campus twice uh, within the month of March. I think Miami's probably the biggest threat there, but it's huge to get him on campus. I think the world of him, he had um, a monster junior season. I think he finished with close to 30 sacks and like 50 tackles for loss. So it was crazy. But um, but yeah, he's definitely a guy that I would I would mention. Um, there's a few others. Will Norman at the beginning of the month, that was a pretty impressive uh, thing for FSU to, to accomplish. You know, it was kind of a last minute thing for him to show up on that Friday before the mm-hmm. March, March 5th weekend. And then he ends up staying the night, canceling his LSU Saturday visit and just continuing on with the Florida State visit all the way throughout the day. So that was huge. I think um, they really put themselves into that recruitment, whereas before I don't think any of us would have pictured FSU even and maybe even the top five for Will Norman, just because no. there wasn't there wasn't any you know in person connection there. There was you know online communication. We know FSU liked him, but now that we now we know there's reciprocal interest, which is yeah. you know, something that we're looking for in all these guys. He was yeah. actually he was pretty high on Florida State's board heading into the off season, and like you said, it really didn't look like there was much traction there. And then all of a sudden that visit happened, and it's like, oh okay, Florida State's in there now. Yeah, and another thing I'd point out with that example is FSU has to become a better offensive skill team. I think we'd all agree on that. Wide mm-hmm. receiver is an important position where they hit on high school targets. Mm-hmm. We're looking for that breakout running back or a breakout tight end. Here are some of the attainable guys, guys that I think FSU is in a good spot for, at least in the thick of it, in the battle, that have been on campus in recent weeks. Running back Dalen Smothers, a guy who I'd say FSU probably leads for. Running back Dante Dadell from Mississippi. He's a guy that FSU offered very early. They were his first P5 offer. They got him in, got verified measurements, liked his size. It's something they wanted to learn about him because they like his film. Five-star Jalen Brown, wide receiver, five-star wide receiver, Shelton Sampson Jr. was here today. 
Those are both guys that they're in the thick of it with. Jalen Brown, they've got a great long-term relationship. Shelton Sampson, a guy like Gabe Fertitta getting hired here as an offensive analyst, that's his former high school coach. So there's a connection there that helps. But give me I, some context on that. Because he's, I mean, a, a five-star out-of-state wide receiver. All right, so Con- it, Hold on. It, it, when I say context, I mean like we have Hakeem Williams, we have Jalen right. Brown, who would be huge, just huge gets for Florida State. Is Samson in in that realm yet? Like, is he no. as realistic as a Jalen Brown? No, he needs to show back up with mom and dad. He gotcha. came today with a teammate and his parents. He needs to come back with mom and dad. He was saying that today, that mm-hmm. he intends to do that. But he also mentioned the contenders. There's L- Alabama, LSU, which is obviously in the backyard, and Texas A&M, which recruits his area well. So those are some juggernauts set up as you can mm-hmm. But there is a tie directly to the staff. Yak was pretty early on offering FSU offered him. I believe it was in August of 2020 after he put up some insane combine camp numbers. They were one of his more early offers in his recruitment. So there's a lot of good trends in that recruitment from an FSU perspective, but it's ultra important that he shows up back up either for the spring game or in the summer with mom and dad in tow. If that right. happens, then he starts emerging more into a discussion of a Hakeem Williams that you mentioned. He came in Sunday after his state championship. Santana Fleming, who's maybe a tear down from these guys, but I like Santana a lot. Mm-hmm. He's a heck of a player, and FSU's been on him a long time. There's those types. And then there's kind of that next tier of receiver, a guy like Goldie Lawrence, Darren Lawrence. He's been on campus twice already, or is it three times? He's been a whole bunch already. He's intending to come back again already. So he's making a number of visits in the spring. He wants to come back with mom. He came by himself with a coach. He came with a seven-on-seven team. Those are the prior visits here recently. He's a guy that I don't know if he's a take, but he's definitely mm-hmm. a guy that there's mutual interest in both parties. Keon Brown's a local. He's an other guy. He's been here a few times. I expect him back again. So those are some receivers. And then at the tight end spot, uh, Jelani Thurman's one of the best-looking kids that has stepped on campus in the time that Mike Norvell has been a head coach here. I mean, he just looks a part of a tight end. He's long, he's lanky, he's athletic, he's talented. Mom was a WNBA All-Star. Dad was a high-level college football player who also played in pros. That's some really good genetics and DNA there. FSU got a two-day visit out of him, did a really good job. Again, they're going to be – Who's the competition the there? Um, do you recall, Zach, you did the exit interview with him? Yeah, I think Georgia – if. I don't know if they've offered yet, but if they do offer, his dad is Odell Thurman. So um, I think they'd be a major player. I don't remember the other contenders, but it's a, it's a bunch of pretty good teams. Right. It's similar to Samson. FSU was very early on Thurman. They did a really good job. Kenyatta Watson's kind of helped build that bridge there for them for a connection. I think he connected well with Chris Thompson during his time here. So good work done. Again, you need to keep getting them back on campus. That's the most important thing. You've got to get these kids on campus for two, three, four visits during the cycle if you're going to have any shot. Plus, we've got to win. We all know that's a huge part of the equation for what they're trying to execute this year. Anthony Miller Jr. is another tight end name I would mention. They offered him during his visit. I believe he was here on the 12th, if I recall correctly. He was one of those earlier visit dates, not this past weekend. And then Randy Pittman's committed here. He came back yesterday. It's pretty important. That's one where there's been whispers and rumors of potential switching of the commitment but if you keep getting a guy on campus you have a chance of keeping them in tow now are they rumors or is it just Pittman taking visits to other schools and that's why people are well, it's both I mean he is taking visits to other schools I've been told that in part is to uh, help his teammates get out and see stuff that's the company line on that mm-hmm. um, but I mean there's been rumors there's message board posts things like that speculation about it um, comments in general about you know other teams saying they believe they have a chance stuff like that 
Pittman tried to shoot it down yesterday when we talked to him. I didn't find the comment to be one that kind of shut the door entirely on it, but we'll see actions speak louder than words. Yeah. What do you think about where Pittman fits in the offense? Because if you look at the rest of the board, everybody that they're offering or recruiting is six foot five, 235 pounds. Yeah. He's an H back three, uh, fullback tight end type of combo guy. Um, they like him. They like what he can do. They like how he fits into those roles. Uh, I don't think fans will exactly, you know, start loving that idea. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that's super appealing. I think a guy like Jelani Thurman, who's more of a flex option, or Anthony Miller, who's more of a, a prototypical build, I think those are more appealing to people. But there's a version of Pittman that FSU likes and what they do. When FSU yeah. wants to go with big jumbo sets, he's the kind of guy that can fit into that and be pretty effective. I don't I want to it, call him Jordan Wilson, but there's some of the concept of what Jordan Wilson was. Right. And I think this, it shows that they're, they're looking to take two because they're taking two very different players at the same position. Yeah. The issue is that room's got to thin out before you can start dedicating. More nah, just keep it. taking more <laughs> numbers always work out. The numbers work out, but you can't afford to have double digit yeah, tight ends on a roster. Like, they on have now. so many tight ends. Trust me, I know. Um, all right, so I was going to ask you guys uh, who's trending up. Give me three trending up, three trending down. I feel like we just talked about a bunch of guys that are trending up for Florida State. Um, if we want to name a couple more, Zach, I'll go to you first. You got three trending up and maybe three trending down? Yeah, so I'll start with trending up. I think Wilkie Denod, a defensive lineman that they had on campus uh, earlier, in, in Mar- earlier in March, I put in a crystal ball for him after his visit mm-hmm. um, things have been kind of quiet there since but i think fsu still sits in a pretty good spot i think uf's involved and there's a few other schools um a guy like roderick kearney uh they got it they got him on campus in january and in march so i think fsu alex atkins doing a great job in that recruitment he mm-hmm. started to pick up some more steam just because he's a talented offensive lineman in the state of florida so a lot of a lot of schools are getting in on him. I still think FSU probably sits close to or at the top of his recruitment. Um, and then Jeremiah England, uh, I think we mentioned him a little bit, defensive back at a Lake Wales. Uh, he's the n- cousin of Derwin James, cousin I think. Yep. Um, yeah. So he he visited with his entire family uh, on March fifth, all decked out in Florida State gear. I think FSU sits. Um, and a great spot with him as well. So I, I you know, with, with those three guys, I, I think in your recruiting scoop, Josh, you mentioned guys that they need to close on. I would put all three of those guys in that category where, you know, a couple months down the line, like those are the guys you should, you should be trying to get into your class locked in before the season starts. Um, and then if we want to, if we want to move over to guys that are trending down for me, I would, I would go with um, Johnny Williams, the offensive lineman out of uh, the Georgia area. I think it's more so that Florida State has, you know, cooled on him a little bit more than he's cooled on Florida State. I right. think they've, they've uh, evaluated their options and they found that, you know, there's better prospects that they can evaluate or that they can go after right now. Um, that's not to say that's not to say Johnny Williams isn't a great player, but I think they're going to keep him warm uh, throughout the cycle and just, you know, see how that plays out. Um couple other guys Cedric Baxter running back former FSU commit was scheduled to visit on March 9th if I remember correctly he did not make that trip and you know 
for me, that's kind of telling. I think it just shows that he doesn't really have um, reciprocal interest. We know Florida State obviously likes him. They once held a commitment from him. Um, they continued to recruit him after he decommitted. I think it was last year. And yeah, so, you know, that one looks like it's sailing a little bit. I think mm-hmm. Miami, Miami, Alabama, USC are kind of the schools that are most in the mix there. Um, and, you know, just just for good measure, we'll put Dante Moore, uh, you know, the quarterback, the five-star quarterback that Chris mentioned earlier that was with that hotbed group. I think, you know, if you guys look on Nolson for seven with the interview we did with Dante Moore, he explains that he hasn't been in communication with Florida State really. Uh, it's, mo- it's mostly been Mike Norvell, Tony Tucker's checking up on him from time to time. So they're not actively recruiting him. And he mentioned that uh, they communicated to him about their situation with Chris Parson and how he's their guy at the quarterback position. So that's going to be an interesting position for me to watch moving forward. Uh, we could talk about that more, but uh, you know, I think that's a telling, telling yeah. interview from, from Dante Moore. Yeah. <clears throat> We're going to move on from that recruitment real quick. Chris, do you got anything to add in terms of up down trends? I agree with many of the ones Zach brought up. I would bring up Lucas Simmons as another up guy. Uh, it's abundantly clear he is their top target at the offensive line position, offensive tackle specifically. I think he has grown to really like uh, Alex Atkins in the FSU program. The fact that he's been up here several times helps that cause, but there's a clear-cut connection there. He's a kid that uh, he takes things very seriously. Some recruits love the recruiting process. Lucas Simmons seems to be in a very much an information-gathering process. I think he loves what he's heard from FSU. Keldrick Falk's going to a guy with throwing there. He's trending up. He's taking a couple visits. He dropped back by on Sunday on his way back from UF. That was important. Austin uh, Tucker, who's an assistant on the FSU staff, support staff, he's done a phenomenal job of helping there. John Papuches, Mike Norvell, also very, very much involved. Falk's an excellent defensive lineman, big body kind of guy they love with length, with the size, with the building, and athleticism mixed in. Uh, Eddie Pleasant third is another guy I would mention. He was a recent visit. He actually visited twice here in the last couple of weeks. He came with a seven on team and then he came back up with, I believe his mother and a teammate. He got offered on that second visit. They actually wanted to offer on the first visit, but because he was with the seven on group and things were just kind of such a group thing, they just sort of didn't pull off the offer in that setting before he had to leave town. Cause they, he was with 24 K I believe who went to LSU from FSU. But when he got back up here, they immediately pulled the trigger. Adam Fuller loves him. He's a DB that they like. They're definitely very, very interested in him. A couple I would throw out there is trending down. I think Adam Hopkins is a guy that slid down the board some at this point for them at receiver. He's a guy that a year ago kind of felt like uh, not a sure thing, but a very likely piece of this class. I'm mm-hmm. not sure of that at this point. And uh, as much as it breaks my heart, I'm going to include Bubba Jeffries in this part. I think they like Bubba Jeffries. <laughs> But because of a guy like Kearney, because of a guy like Lucas Simmons and some other guys on the O-line that they've done a good job with. And it's awesome to be talking about FSU O-line recruiting and talking about how they have so many options and they, they've really stacked their board where they have top priorities, guys they like, and so on and so forth. I think Jeffries has gone from a top priority guy, maybe in June, July, when he came here for camps, to a guy that they like, but I'm not positive they would take him right now. Um, I just and think Jeffries is a uh, has – a bit of a cult following for those that don't know he's a uh, offensive lineman from Tennessee that has come down to Florida state on his own dime twice um, yeah. made his presence felt at Florida state's camp last summer. That's where we got to know him. And that's where he picked up and all he, he was offered by FSU, right? 
he is offered by FSU. I can't remember if it happened at the camp right before the camp, but it was yeah. And I agree with, you. with that day. And I think part of it also is you know when it comes to similar targets, you're gonna you're gonna hedge toward the in-state guys or the local yeah. guys. And I think just that's kind of where it stands right now. Yeah, I don't think the door is shut on Jeffries by any point. <laughs> I just don't think he's as much of a top priority, top target as some others lucas simmons kearney would be two that i would definitely point out as being elevated above him for sure yeah all right um i had a question for you chris what uh what don't you see in wilkie denod's recruitment to put in a florida state crystal ball or is this a good time for a show pick oh i'm on a sabbatical man oh are you me and the crystal ball are taking a break from one another I didn't know this. What? How, when did this begin? Tell me more. Why is this happening? Oh, I, I don't know when it began. I just sort of decided, why not? Like, hell, like, you know, every time we put in a crystal ball, people just lose their ever-loving minds. That's um, why I just keep putting them in. That's yeah, the but you, your emotional attachment to the crystal ball is different than mine. It keeps me up at night. You get shits and giggles out of it. So, I make long-term projections. That's what I do. But yeah, I'm just taking a break from it. There will okay. come a day I will put in like 30 in a day, not right. all for FSU, obviously. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll get back. Okay. We'll so back do you, I mean, you have some 2023 crystal balls, in, right? Yeah. Pre-existing ones. Yeah. Okay. Just, you haven't put any in like this cycle. Take or a break. Least... I, I think we've been separated for about two months now. We'll I think when you come back, the people will be ready. I'll be ready. They will be ready for Chris to drop his balls. Okay. I was just wondering why only Zach and I. If I one. was entering them, I would enter one for Wilkie. Right. You feel Anglin, good. Wilkie, for sure. I truthfully probably put in one for Simmons, even though I think there's still a lot to go Ooh. in that process. Um, Fleming. Those, those are, yeah, Fleming would be another one. You're right. Uh, those are a few that I can think of off the top of my head where I would feel comfortable putting one in now if we weren't on a break. From yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Take your sabbatical. Nobody's going to rush you back. Don't worry. Um, one of the topics that we talked about a lot heading into this cycle was the fact that we don't have a lot of clarity on the running back and linebacker recruiting boards. Um, we were waiting until visits occurred to, to have a judgment or, or really just decipher the board. So what have we learned? And maybe we haven't learned everything because we're only about mid spring point here. So what have we learned at the running back and linebacker positions? I think we've learned more at running back than linebacker. Have we learned um, anything at linebacker? Hold on, let's <laughs> let, let's go back to running back. Zach, what do you think the running back board looks like realistically right now? If I'm going to put it sim- uh, in a simple manner, I think it's Dalen Smothers and then everyone else. Yeah, okay. I, I don't think that's a bad way to put it. I, I think Smothers is a clear-cut guy for them. They would take him right now today if you want to come in. I think Dontavious Braswell is an unnamed worth mentioning. He's somebody I expect in later this month, again, for another visit, second visit of this year. He's a guy that they were early on. They like a great deal. He's starting to blow up a bit more. I think he's added Alabama among several others. Isaiah Gustave from Naples is a kid that came in during the season last year. I think they offered when he came in during the season last year. They like him. He's more of a versatile, toolsy kind of back, Rodney Hillish, for lack of a better description. Uh, He's a track kid. He's not electric on the track, but good track times. Um, they definitely like him. I don't know if they would take him today, per se. Um, Dante Dadell, Dadell, who came in from Mississippi, they were first P5, P5 offer, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. The guy that they liked, they liked his size. His film checks out ultra productive. 
uh, FSU's in there pretty good because of the fact that they were so early on it. That's a young man that's getting out and seeing a lot of schools. I believe he went to Georgia Tech here recently. He's supposed to see some others. But uh, FSU's done a good job there building relationship. But, yeah, I agree. Smothers is a dude at the top. But we're not talking about Richard Young. We're not talking about Cedric Baxter. We're not talking about Mark Fleming, Mark Fletcher. Yeah, Fletcher was never really one. Richard Young would have been beautiful and great to have. But uh, that was more, it seemed like, a Kenny Dillingham jam than anybody. And when Mm -hmm. Dillingham flew across the country to take a job at Oregon, I feel like that one was officially over. And let's be honest, it was always probably going to be over. Uh, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, those types seem to have much more footing with him. Ohio State's not one I guess I can throw in there. And then uh, the third back you mentioned was Baxter. They thought they were going to get him on campus here a couple weeks ago. I think he was supposed to come with an Orlando group. He didn't, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, till he shows back up, sort of, you know, dead in the water for right now. Yeah, and I think there's a good chance that we see Richard Young on campus. I think there's a good chance that we see Cedric Baxter Jr. on campus at at some point this offseason. I mean, I, I don't think like Florida State, we know that there's some connections there, whether it be the FSU's off-field staff or on-field connections, whatever. I think they end up getting on campus, but not getting them on campus out of the gate shows kind of where FSU stands with them. And I don't think, you know, I, I, I think that the staff has a good grip of where they stand with those guys. And that's why we see a Dylan Smothers from North Carolina kind of emerging as the top available back for FSU right now. Yeah. I like Smothers. I, I wouldn't complain about that. I, you know, I love me some Richard Young. I will stand for Richard Young all damn day. Yeah. I, and you know, there is nothing wrong. Uh, Dylan, Dylan Smothers, it's Dylan Smothers. Dylan, yeah. Dylan Smothers is just call him Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood. I like that name. Um, I, I think he's a very good back. The only issue is he's an out of state back and we know, you know, there's just some things that go along with recruiting top out of state talent. Yeah, but they've done a good job. They've had him on campus multiple times. He's got a phenomenal mm-hmm. relationship with Ryan Bartow. Um, you know, I think those things are playing in FSU's favor. He consistently mentions FSU prominently in every interview, regardless of what outlet, what state, national versus different team sites is talking to him. The consistency of his uh, affinity outwardly for mm-hmm. FSU is a very good sign. All right. So without a doubt, the running back board has developed into something that we can talk about. We can kind of see some hierarchy on there as well. What about the linebacker position? Uh, I mean, other than knowing they really like Caleb LaBailey, who was here in January, last was in January. I don't really know. I mean, Justin Cryer was in. He, FSU was a really early offer there. Uh, I believe Yak has a personal relationship with the dad. They know each other. They've known each other for some time. That's why FSU was early. He came in with his parents, made the trip from Texas. That's significant. That's meaningful. He really enjoyed himself. But I couldn't tell you definitively that I know FSU has him as a guy that's above the line in the sense of somebody right. to take right now. Right. I don't know. I mean, maybe Randy Shannon's going to pull a rabbit out of the hat and surprise us. Um, you know, KJ rolled in here and Odell went, hey, guys, I'm still here and got KJ in the boat. So maybe Randy pulled something like that off. But I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, they offered DeMarco Ward here lately. He's a young man from Duluth, Georgia. He came in about a week ago, left with an or got an offer a couple of days after the visit. Um, so that's a more recent one, but no, I, I don't running back. I can tell you, I know they like these four or five guys and this guy's probably at the top of the board. I can't tell you that about linebacker. Truthfully. Yeah. It's, it's like the exact opposite of what you just talked about on the offensive line in terms of having guys, the offensive line has numerous recruits above the line 
that have also visited FSU and are showing mutual interest. And we know of talented players that, you know, are kind of being slow played by FSU at the position because there's so many names on the board. And then you have the linebacker board. Um, and it's just, it's just kind of interesting that it can be so different. I'll add something like for me, like I, uh, you know, obviously in the area at linebacker, you got Raylan Wilson over at Tallahassee Lincoln high school committed to Michigan. Um, you know, he Florida state wasn't a finalist for him, but I don't think there's a reason why you can't get that kid on campus, at least just swing by for an hour, two hours, talk to coach Norvell, you know, try to get back into that recruitment because UF's got him on campus. Uh, Georgia got him on campus within the past week. Mm-hmm. And I got over in uh, Jacksonville, Grayson Howard, Florida state was um, when, when Chris Marg was here, they, they were getting him on campus pretty consistently. They got him on campus for, I think for a game, definitely for that camp uh, that he, that he, I believe he got offered at in June. Um, but there's been no traction there. I think South Carolina, couple other schools uf is involved there but just puzzling why they can't get into the those recruitments or at least get them on campus mm-hmm. yeah and pop howard who zach just brought up i mean he's well-rounded kid good student excellent football player like he's one of those i just don't get because proximity wise it makes sense he's buddies with a guy like uh the d tackle who after he's in a pretty good spot with over there i'm blanking on a name jordan uh is hill Jordan Hall. Jordan Hall. Thank you. And he's friends with Aaron Hester. Yeah. So like there was obvious ties. It just, you know, last I checked with pop, you know, I think Tennessee was a prominent school. There's a couple others, but FSU is not one of them. It's just, I don't know. And I think, I guess there's a caveat that we need to mention that I don't think it's a position they are looking for a ton of people at, you know, I think it might only be a two spot group. They don't play a lot of linebackers, uh, you know, I think they feel like they can use the portal to some degree at that position. Like that's a spot where it's valuable to go get a guy who's physically ready to play at this level. who can do it. a guy like Tatum Bethune, what we expect him to be for them this year. So there's that, but it's just surprising to me that there's not really anybody I can point to. Raylan Wilson's a top 10 guy at the position. He's down the street. I know he's committed to Michigan, but you always keep your name in their head just in case you need to go get him. You know, there's the Harris twins down at Lake Brantley. Those are in-state guys that are capable that I would love to see step on campus. But to this point in time, we have not seen them. Those are a couple. Pup Howard, who we mentioned. You know, Jaden Robinson was on campus recently. He's a Lake City, Columbia kid. He came in same day as Amari Farrell. They were hanging out with Shaheen Brown, all from the same school. FSU did not pull the trigger and offer him. So there we go. Mm-hmm. All right. Any, any new offers that really stand out to you guys, like any new offers that could, I won't, I don't say replace top target, quote unquote, top targets on the board, but like, was there any new offers in the last six to eight weeks that you're like, this is one that we really need to pay attention to. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah. So Florida state offered Alabama defensive back to Kari Nelson at the Mm -hmm. end of February and they got him on campus a few days ago. I think it was on Saturday. Um, he's a guy at top 247 talent. We mentioned a guy like Caleb Downs is moving off the board just because he might be a little bit out of Florida State's league right now and guys that can actually land. I think Dakari Nelson's a, a, a viable target. I believe Auburn's probably the biggest threat there in state school. Um, they've been on him for a while, but 
he's got ties to Marcus Woodson. Apparently, uh, his coaching staff over there in Alabama has uh, ties to the Florida State staff as well. That's what he told me in his exit interview. Mm-hmm. So getting him on back on campus would be huge. He said maybe the spring game or the summer. Um, I think that that's a recent offer that could hold some weight. Yeah, I, I mentioned Eddie Pleasant earlier, guy that they offered on Saturday who's been here twice. He's a 23 guy. I would definitely point out too that I think they like a great deal. They would definitely consider. They've extended a lot of younger uh, 24, 25 type of offers that are you know worth keeping an eye on. But if we're sticking with 23, another one that comes to mind is Anthony Miller. I mentioned him when we were talking about offensive skill, tight end from the Georgia area. I think body type wise, physicality wise. So he was on campus for some contracts. He was on campus the same day as Camp McGee, who's a really athletic flex tight end type from uh, the Orlando area. And McGee left without an offer and Anthony got an offer. And I think the biggest reason the difference there is the girth and build, the physicality. Camp's much more of a thin, almost looks like a receiver, but he's tall, lanky, probably will fill out some. Anthony looks more like a tight end body to me. I think that's why they went with that one. Those are a couple 23s I can think of. I mean, there's a boatload of 24, 25s. Uh, 25, Donovan Johnson, really good running back from Savannah that they pulled the trigger on this past weekend. He's he's going to be all world. Uh, Eugene Wilson is another 23, I believe. Eugene is 23, right? Tampa kid that came yeah. in here a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. I don't, Wilson's been pretty quiet about it. Tried to follow up with him after the visit and the offer. Haven't been able to get a hold of him. His, he's another kid who's got electric film. Like he's awesome to watch on film, what he can do. The athleticism's there. He could play multiple positions. He's one that if that offer took a little bit of a hold, it would pretty be pretty great to hear because he's the kind of athleticism you need to add to your football team. But those are just a few of the ones I can think of. Um, but they, they have offered a lot of 24 and 25s. Terrence Marshall, the 24 receiver, Navarro, they offered him. They were his first offer. I think that's a good, you know, local-ish kid to extend an offer to and be in the game early with and mm-hmm. see how he keeps developing over the next year. Uh, they've done a good job getting guys who are very good athletic kids with high ceilings that they can get in early with from a skill position. And a guy like a Barry Walker is an offensive lineman from Georgia. They offered him a week ago when he came in. Barry Walker looks like a prototypical guard, and he's a guy that's going to be a very prominent Southeast offensive lineman recruit in the 24 class. And they got him on campus. They spent a good bit of time with him. They pulled the trigger on an offer. It holds a little weight. They definitely want to do face-to-face offers as much as humanly possible. I think Eddie Pleasant's an excellent example of that. They meant to offer him the time he came with his seven-on team a week ago. It just didn't work out because of the schedule, everything being tight. They could have easily picked up the phone and offered him, but instead they got him back on campus and did it immediately to his face. I think it just carries more weight. I think it's more mm-hmm. significant when you do that. All right. Before we wrap this thing up, our spring conversation, as it pertains to recruiting, I thought it was good to look at where Florida State stands in the recruiting rankings right now. They're currently 11th overall, second in the ACC with five commitments, Lamont Green Jr., Keith Sampson, Chris Parson, Randy Pittman, and Vendravius Jacobs round out the list of commitments. Um, Chris, what, what's your general thoughts on where the class stands right now and uh, you know where it's headed? Worth mentioning all five of those guys have been on campus this month. That's mm-hmm. important that you keep getting them on. I like all five of their commitments. You know, I think the world of Lamont Jr. boots, as I like to call them, 
I think he's going to be a very good defensive end for him. He's fully committed. He's the kind of guy. Keith Sampson was a great get, very talented defensive tackle, great way to start that class. It's an important year for them to get two high-level D tackles. He's a good start. Chris Parson is a champion of the class, a guy who's leading it. He's active with other recruits. Andy Jean, for example, wide receiver who decommitted from Miami. Him and Chris Parson communicate. That's one of many examples of a guy that Chris Parson's involved with. Uh, we talked about Pittman. That's one I would probably say is on the most shaky ground of the mm-hmm. five. And then All Day Dre is a guy that we saw at seven on seven, loved him last year. FSU's very high on him. I think that the industry will catch up to what his level of talent is. He's ranked right around 500 now. I think he's much better than 500 player in the country. Uh, the class is good. The most important thing about this class to me is they got to hit on offensive skill. It's <laughs> got to be the class that gives them the enduring group of young offensive talent that they're going to hopefully have in the next two, three years as they're building this thing up because they've band-aided a lot of spots. Wide receiver, for example, with taking multiple transfers. I think it's important now for them to ingrain a good amount of young, high-level talent in there that can do it for multiple years instead of being rentals, essentially. Guys that you only get for a year, maybe two if you're lucky. Zach, what are your thoughts on the current commit list and some of the remaining needs? Yeah, I would agree with Chris that this is a big class when it comes to offensive skill. There's so many wide receiver options specifically in the state of Florida, this class. Um, It's a a deep class, and I think Florida State has to land some of these uh, quality blue chip guys in state this this cycle. Um, At the running back position, we haven't seen Mike Norvell's staff land a blue chip guy out of high school since he's been here. I think that would be huge if you land a guy like Dalen Smothers or some other guy we're not even talking about. Um, I mean, that's the most realistic option for them at mm-hmm. that position. And then, you know, figure out the quarterback position. Is Chris Parson the only quarterback you're taking? Are you going to go in the portal after the season? Um, is that a viable option? Is that something that you can uh, work with just based on what's already happened in, in that recruitment? I think those are some of the kind of things that we need to figure out over the next couple of months. Okay, good. And like we said, this weekend, next weekend, and then the spring game, three weekends in a row of big visit weekends. The next two weekends will likely be scrimmages for Florida State. They will be closed to the media, but I can bet you that Mike Norvell and that staff are going to try to get as many recruits in there to, to watch it as possible. So we'll have a lot of updates coming. We're just at the midpoint, really, of spring, so I wanted to recap a few things. Um, Chris, before we go, though, baseball and softball are in full swing give us a quick update there uh softball is doing phenomenal still they've lost two games only on the year bc this past weekend was their second loss uh very good group well worth watching i would definitely you know as i mentioned a few weeks back when we first talked about them on a pod uh, any fan that doesn't watch them go watch them you'll have fun you'll enjoy it you'll probably get hooked it's quick it's fun they're a hell of a team they're going to be in it to the end Baseball is ranked anywhere from about 7 to 10 right now. Most of the significant polls that matter, not collegiate baseball newspaper, they don't matter. Um, that team's got some warts, definitely has some things to figure out. Got to get mm-hmm. the pitching, the bullpen right. But they're good enough in a year where there's not really, you know, like there's baseball this year in college has been very, uh, like Notre Dame, for example, undefeated, or I'm sorry, not undefeated, but considered the best team in the country going into this week. I believe they got swept by Louisville. So there's a good example for you of just, it's kind of an up for grabs kind of year. And they're fun. I got a couple of young pieces, Jaime Farrar, who had the home run in the 17th inning last night to uh, 
win that marathon game where Brett's fingers started bleeding because he'd been doing 25 innings of baseball to that point in time. And then James Tibbs, who is a heck of a hitter in his own right, they got some pieces. They got to figure things out. It's a weird team. I feel like it can go either direction. I don't want people thinking thinking that they're going to be great, but they're capable of being good enough to compete at the highest level in the ACC, which means they should be good enough to compete at pretty much the highest level in college baseball this year because the league is pretty good in the sense of having teams that can compete at a high level. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. And we'll continue to follow that. Um, If you guys were hoping for more football team talk, if you go back an episode or two, Chris and Brendan recapped everything from the first four practices. Like we said, they were on spring break last week. So there's only been four practices and a podcast or two ago, Chris and Brendan recapped it all. Um, they get back to it on Tuesday. Like I said, we'll have Brendan back on the show later this week to uh, break down more of the practices. But until then, I'm signing off for Zach, for Chris. I am your host, Josh Gruber. Thank you to, for listening to On the Bench. here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.